0: Log Talk Radio. Tanya Hathaway and I'm your host with Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story is told on Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network, and Stephen Burke, eighty-nine point nine KLRB Lighthouse Christian Radio. That's over in Oklahoma there and uh, and the surrounding areas for sure. It is once again. It is October seventeenth, twenty twenty-one. Wow! I tell you what, I'm in New England. I'm in New Hampshire right now, and it's pouring pouring rain. I'm not exactly sure what it's doing by you, but I know that even in Oklahoma, it gets cold. I know in Ohio, it gets cold. I know that even by the beaches at night, it can get cold. No matter where you are, you might want to wear a sweater or a cape, but you know what I feel for? I feel for any men and women that are homeless. I feel for any men and women that are incarcerated and Sometimes, I I imagine they'd rather be homeless than incarcerated, given the conditions um, that they're living in, which are inhumane, 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 inhumane inhumane in many circumstances. Uh, This show tonight is also brought to you in coordination with uh, Marcel Reed, founder of uh, the annual Whistleblower Summit, and of course, with Journeys to Justice, a non-for-profit. I really appreciate everybody tuning in. I know it's a hot topic. I know we have not done a show in a little while on this, but uh it didn't mean that the last show we did was the last show we did. It just meant that we took a little bit of a break because there are other things also that we've been working with, working on some things behind the scenes, some things front and center. but we're just glad that you're here with us now and tonight. Well, if you saw the promotion for the show tonight. You know that we're looking for your calls, for your voices, whether you're in Oklahoma, whether you're in Austin, Texas, whether you're in Arizona, whether you're in Ohio, whether you're in California. We're looking for your calls and very interested in finding out what's going on in your state. We're going to start out talking about Oklahoma, prisons there, and some specific conditions that are going on. But jot this number down just in case you don't have it. 917-388-4520, 917-388-4520, and press the number one if you have something that you're going to want to say or ask or share tonight. Okay, Marty Oakley, the owner and producer of TS Radio Network, is here. She's standing by, and uh, we've opened up the calls. I already know that we have... Emily Barnes from, in, from for, forgive me, Ignite Justice uh, on waiting to come on and share a lot with us, which Emily has been on before and, and I would consider a regular contributor and uh, she just had a big rally, I know that. Um, but first, we're going to talk a little bit about North Fork Correctional Center and also the lockdowns that went on throughout Oklahoma in the correctional center facilities on september 3rd 2021 visitors uh violence erupted at six different facilities in oklahoma and it's my understanding that the whole penal system was on lockdown and remained on lockdown until october 4th mind you there are more than six facilities correction centers uh, in Oklahoma, so the ones that were not erupted in violence, and but you can also understand why they're going to lock down everybody. There's reasons. There's good logistics behind it. There are, however, so okay, we'll get to that. So, so again, the correctional facilities that were not engaged in violence were shut down, and there's a particular one that remains so. North Fork Correctional City was one of the facilities that was locked down and no violence had occurred. But on October 4th at Northfolk, some bloods attacked a white guy, and they went on lockdown and had remained on lockdown. So on October 4th was when they let up the lockdown across the state. But on that very day, it's my understanding, there was violence that took place. Now, Two gangs, and I know that there's more than that, but there's two gangs in particular that this is about, and it's about the UABs, which are the white guys, versus the Bloods, which is the black guys. And um, in the September 3rd violence that erupted and seems to continue to be ongoing and an ongoing threat, it's gang on gang violence. That's the kind of violence that's taking place. And every single offender is paying for it. The other facilities remained off lockdown, but at Northfolk they've been in lockdown essentially since September third, about one and a half months. Now, mind you again, this is not long after since all the lockdowns with the COVID. This is kind of torture. Now, I've been advised that this is ongoing gang violence inside the prisons since 2019 between these two gangs. Okay, again, I am told there is a level of high tension that is mostly caused because of the administration aiding the precarious and dangerous situation through mishandling The behavior of these gangs and the stabbings is perpetual because although they and all else who are not involved and locked up and once again let out without any kind of change or protocol, these things are going to happen over and over and over again. You know, we all know the same. You keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect a different outcome. What does that make you? Crazy. Well, I think it is literally making people crazy. If you didn't go in crazy already, you're there going crazy because of the mishandling in many of these facilities with many people. Being locked down in this high-tension situations create a prime environment for mental health issues. These mental health issues continue to go unaddressed. They continue to go without having the proper assistance that is needed i'm told i am told okay i've been hearing from a lot of people i'm told there is not in some situations non-medical staff that's going around norfolk in particular asking if everyone is okay and you're supposed to really talk to a non-professional about whether you're okay or not when it comes to your health in a way i'd be kind of afraid like I'd be afraid anyways, given what I know. Like, what if I say I'm not okay? What are you going to give me to make me feel better? You know, are you just going to numb me up to shut me up? Or are you really going to help my situation? There's all kinds of new faces, and given the continued lack of medical services, men are not getting their blood pressure medication and that's, that's not all. There are people that I know that have broken bones that nobody has come and helped in years, literally years. Everybody's health at risk. There's not enough nurses. People have to wait months to see a dentist. Well, what, kind, what happens if you have some kind of an infection that goes septic inside of your system? What happens? Listen, these things are the things that the public doesn't see. But what the public is seeing, and I'm going to open this up. Don't worry. I'm going to open this up that I had a little dialogue that I just wanted to share with you tonight. But what the public is seeing is the propaganda. Once again, those cozy, happy, go-lucky ads are once again coming out because why? The attention is on the administration of ODOC. It's on the administration of what the heck is wrong with you guys, when are you going to make things right. Why are you understaffed? This is not a new thing. Fonda, on the, oh, the COVID, people are quitting and all this stuff. It's not a new thing. They've been overcrowded and understaffed since before COVID. I'm sorry. It's not true. So once again, these cozy, happy-go-lucky looking advertisements are simply selling, selling you a story. Welcome to mainstream. Since when? Did the Department of Corrections start following the same business model as mainstream? Did they hire Hollywood (laughs) to create this public lie? A lie to the loved ones of the incarcerated? Sure. Let those that did the crime do the time, okay? I agree. Let those that did the crime do the reasonable time, okay? Oh, but wait. How many are wrongfully convicted or overly sentenced? plenty of shows, and we'll continue to. But back to the problems of the system. It's time to bring on some callers. Let's hear you. Let's hear from you. And let's get this on the record tonight because what is to come? What's to come when the cold nights creep around once again and there are puddles left over from flooding in these dark, cold, cells without windows, or with windows that are broken and that are dripping water, and they turn into ice, and the men, whether you know them or not, whether it's for something that they're in there for for three months, for the worst possible imaginable, are there in shivering, dangerous conditions far too often. They can show us the best of the best of conditions. They can bring out these producers to try to create more propaganda. But what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about this? We're going to get the problems on the record once again, and we are here to make change. I'm Tanya Hathaway, and I'm your host with Tanya Talks. Emily Barnes, I'd love to have you on with us tonight, um, so I'm glad you're here already. Emily Barnes is with Ignite Justice, and she's got some things to say, so why don't you just introduce yourself, Emily, and we'll give you the floor, and I know that we also have Ricky Oscar Williams is calling in, and I'm sure Marty will let us know who else is uh, calling in as well.
1: Emily? Well, hi, everyone. um I'm Emily Barnes. I'm the founder of Ignite Justice. And I just want to add into what you were talking about. First of all, since all this has started since the lockdowns took place and all that, I have known of six people that had tried to commit suicide during that lockdown. I know one who is in SAG right now at Lexington just tried to kill himself last week. So locking people down is so mental on people. It needs to stop. We need to push for it. People need to stop being scared. They need to step up and start speaking and telling their voice and let their voices be heard because that can be your loved one that you're going to get a phone call for one day. And I don't want nobody to get that phone call. You know, I mean... These lockdowns are bad. Um, I do know somebody got stabbed yesterday again at Lawton. Somebody, light, Emily? somebody got stabbed at Lawton yesterday, oh. and they're locked back down again. So as soon as they're coming up over at Lawton, within an hour, something is happening with the same gangs that you mentioned, and they're locking them back down. Now They're locking everybody down. These, right? Yes, it's not, and
0: these, it's not just the gang members.
1: No, it's not. But the thing is, is my issue is, and I've been calling DOC, is they have labeled them as STG. So you separated these members from the population. You marked them as STG. Why do you not just keep them locked down? and let the other ones up who are not causing the issues. It's not fair to lock everybody down when it's two, two groups that are causing all this, especially when you already right. mark them as the CG. People like, y'all need to start making phone calls. You need to call. Come out to the rallies I put on. Help push for this stuff. This is what we're doing it for. It takes everybody coming together in order to get stuff to be changed.
0: And if you're so. listening right now and you don't have a loved one that is inside or somebody that you know that is inside, you know, understand that there's so many criminals that are walking the streets today, okay? <laughs> if you want to compare apples to apples that never get caught or haven't gotten caught, they go home to their cozy homes. You know, we've got white-collar crime, we've got blue-collar crime, we've got gang crime. But there's all kinds of different crime, And there's a lot of crime right now that's happening upon us all in this country. And, and, and we need to learn how to stand up and be united no matter what. And the way to start is to help those that can not help themselves. Again, you do the crime, you get caught, you do the time, and and you get out. But the punishment is not to live in inhumane conditions. and The punishment is to not go without the proper medical care. Sure, the prisoners still do have constitutional rights, which are different than yours and mine who are out here, whether you're a criminal, the tree, or whether you're, a good law-abiding, productive citizen, or someone who's just struggling to make it by, okay? But we have to understand that we have rights, and we need to do our part to adhere to the fact that if we do not make sure they are upheld, that they will continue to be ripped away from us. Why, has, why is what's happening in the prisons, why is that continuing to happen? Why? Well, because it can. Why are they getting away with it? Well, because they can. But why is that? Because
1: Because nobody speaks up. Yes. Yes. I mean, I'm just being honest. (laughs) Nobody, people are so worried, and I say this all the time, about their loved ones being retaliated against. And, yes, it does happen, you know. Wait, if everybody were to come together, they can't retaliate against a whole prison. And that's what people need to understand. We have to fight as a whole. We have to come together as a unity. But okay. i also you have to... a
0: caller? You have okay. a caller? Area code and I four oh five anonymous. Okay. Okay. Area code four oh five, you're live and on the air? Stay stay with us, Emily, okay? I am. Okay. Hi there. You are an anonymous caller, I understand, correct? Yes, I am. Okay. Um, How are you and how would you like to identify yourself as far as why you're calling?
2: Um, I have a loved one there at the facility and has been there since uh, 2015, so... um, you know, he has experienced every lockdown, everything that's going on, um, and, you know, and has no part of any of the UABs or, you know, the bloods or anything. You know, this, my my loved one wouldn't hurt a fly. You know, he's always trying to stop people from fighting. And, right. um, uh, you know, I don't. I'm not on here to badmouth anyone or to say any um, bad, hurtful things, but I'm just stating facts. Um, You know, and the facts are they've been locked down since September 3rd. No sunshine. No outside air. Um, You know, the first two or three weeks, they were getting showers every two or three days. And now they're getting one, um, you know, seven days a week. They're getting one every other day. But, um, I mean, we're going on almost two months now. And no one else in the system in the whole state of Oklahoma is locked down except Fair.
0: And this is why? Because the warden can. (laughs) Because he can. Because it can happen. Yep. Yep. And so um, anybody who's interested in calling the FAIR facility, um, should should uh, take it upon themselves uh, and or call the call the um, Department of Corrections and make complaints uh, about about SARE. If you agree that that is wrong, that they should not be on lockdown, they have not been outside since September third. I don't know if they were out that one day on October fourth at all, but the same day that they came off lockdown, they went right back on lockdown and you know that's because somebody stabbed somebody now can we talk about how people are getting contraband especially they you know uh, i don't how are the I, what are the visits like now
1: visits are visits are still no contact i don't even think um north Workers had having visits from my understanding
0: hmm
1: and sayer sorry I'm in not share. sure. Caller, yeah, do you know if they I, are and
2: they're not. There, um, I believe that they are, um, but it is, you know, it is all full. It is all full COVID. No touching. No, um, uh, no food. No water. Um, six feet apart. You know, they don't have to wear their masks, but mm-hmm. um, the, it's everything. Everything but that. So. There's no money, well, no good. food, no so touching, they can or anything. Stop breathing
0: in the moldy. The, you know, right. if, I mean, because the mask isn't going to help them. You know, with right. the conditions are bad, it's just going to make them more suffocated, anyways. You know, right? And, and then right. And They're
1: not breathing in enough oxygen. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness gracious! So,
0: well,
1: no, this this so is Tanya. This is the funny thing. DOC has made a post before saying that. Now, their employees do not have to notify their employer if they are exposed to COVID. They are not required to wear masks; It is optional. Why are you making us still follow protocol,
0: but you're letting workers
1: come into work who's been exposed, been around somebody with COVID, and they don't even have to report it?
0: Well, that's so hypocritical. It, it really it's is. It's the mind games
2: that DOC play. It is. It is. It's the, You know, I've been doing this for a long time. And, you know, why is it okay for all the COs to walk around with no masks, you know, and everything else, but they demand us to wear masks or, you know, they demand exactly. us to sit six feet apart, um, mm-hmm. you know. And, well, you don't have to. You don't have to come visit them but that's the requirements that we require. They don't want anyone to visit. Period. They don't want any of these gentlemen, any of these residents to have any
0: type of anything. Mhm. Because it's the mind control. It's the it's the mind yeah. control. So they right. learn to become absolutely subservient and like a, and like a robot. And mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how let me ask you how is somebody going to be reintroduced into society that is not in there for a lifetime right how somebody sure. to be reintroduced into society you know and feel good about integrating into real life when you're treated like that for god knows how many years and we won't even get into the food or for, or, or or any of those conditions right That's now a hell but uh, That's a whole other show, (laughs) right? But the medical, the medical one, huh? They they don't
1: they don't want them to be successful. They want them to keep coming back so they can keep making money off of them. That's all it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. the The prison system uh, needs to be proactive, um, but it's not proactive in rehabilitation. And there's proven, tried and true. Systems that actually cut down recidivism by like 85, percent and Oklahoma is not doing anything, anything like what that system has to offer. You know, we we have it's it, instead it's just demeaning. It's your number, your um, a body. You're an inconvenience, but yet we need you to be there because it's our job and we make money off of selling contraband to you Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because how on earth is this contraband getting inside? How are weapons getting inside when a loved one has no chance of getting anywhere near, anywhere near? Well, if there's a will, there's a way, right, right? But not if not if they're doing their job. Not if they're not allowing the loved ones anywhere near, right?
1: Mhm. Right. Mhm.
0: Who are the ones that get near? It's the guard. It's a guard. And we've got the word some that will turn their back on it. You as know? long as the
2: doors are open, Tanya. As long as the doors are open there's always gonna be contraband. There's always going to be contraband. There's always going to be some kind of something going on. And I tell you what, there is enough money in the world to pay to get done what you need to get done.
1: I agree. And what do you mean by that?
2: I mean, if money talks, you know, you can, I mean, any CO can be bought. Any CO given any time, any place, depending on what their situation is in their life, if they're needing some extra money, you know, oh yeah, well we'll go ahead and pay you X amount, whatever, whatever, whatever. Go ahead and get this in and here's your part. I mean come well, on. Well I will
0: I will say this much. I will say this much that we had some CEOs come on the show last year or a year and a half ago mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and they had they had quit. Um and because they they couldn't live in that kind of environment they couldn't be a part of that and that they are being threatened. You yes. Know, to keep them in line, to keep them from exposing, from ter- yeah. right.
2: exposing. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
0: So that's so that just uh, that's just absolutely terrifying. And you know, and I, I'm not okay with the oh well that's how it's like that's just how it is. You know, it's a whole mm-hmm. other world. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't mean it's okay. Right. That's the thing. That's right. the thing. Why did they get away with it? Oh, because they can. So how about getting the straight answers to the problems? Mm-hmm. 917-388-4520. 917-388-4520. Press the number one if you want to give your thoughts, your say um, on this. I'd love to keep who we have on on with us right now. But what, when you're talking about um, share, now they were on lockdown from September Third to October fourth, is that right?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And then it's North Fork that they had an uprising that day. Somebody was stabbed, and they were not involved in the initial uh, uprisings throughout six different prisons. But they were stabbed, and now you've got another. You know lockdown right there Well, I just mm-hmm. wonder why didn't they lock down The rest of the facilities then I'm just curious I'm because, glad they didn't Because it was because an isolated
1: world
0: It happened because
1: only at mhm, Right They're all
2: going
1: to a, a, a
0: yeah. yeah you have another caller Area code 573 You're live and on the air
3: <laughs> Hello everybody I, this is Hello? Ricky Oscar Williams.
0: Ricky Oscar Williams, well, welcome back. It's great to hear from you. How are you?
3: I'm doing great. Thank you and Ms. Barnes for all you've done.
1: Hi, Ricky. man.
3: You know, you actually posed the question, and to answer that question, you must make you have a mental paradigm shift. And I'm going to use history as an example, and I'm going to use slavery as the time and place. The master could do whatever he did, and there was no moral outcry. So if you take that mentality and use that in the prison system, he's the master of the prison. When you go up front, you have to go to master's control. You know what I mean? That's where everything moves from. So if you have this violence, and no one is really trying to stop the violence, because stopping the violence goes against what the Department of Corrections needs to maintain control. If everybody's at everybody else's throat, they'll never unite and come together. And once you take huh. that in, in into mind and you have to look at it, and I'm a little different. You know, I understand I was locked down at OST five years underground. You know, I was at Dick Connors 10 years ago when it was 117 degrees in the winter and 30 degrees below zero. I mean, 117 in the summer and 30 degrees below zero that winter.
0: That happens in Oklahoma, folks.
3: That happens. And, And I survived it. And the funny thing about it was I never thought this was something other than this is what goes on here. This is what happens here. And see, most people can't comprehend. They can't comprehend the fact that this stuff is going on, and it's really going on. They have, like, the contraband. I've seen prisons when they didn't have any tobacco to smoke, and people go berserk. They just lose it because it's a non-smoking facility. So you have mm-hmm. seen an old man get beaten in the head with a can of green beans. And that's one of the things, like the contraband, for to keep them in their cell and to keep them from stabbing each other, here, let them have it.
0: Let them have it. Right. I mean, if that's the worst but, thing that's going on. Mm-hmm.
3: But, see, if you have to take into account the prisoners have no hope, there's yeah. nothing that they can work for that gives them purpose or meaning in their life. Nothing really to look for. There's no classes. Botech is is, is hard to get into. Mental health is, is is virtually non-existent. And if the person doesn't have it within themselves to fix themselves, they usually end up worse.
1: <clears throat>
3: and you know, and I want to say this to a lot of the families: your loved ones aren't really going to tell you what's going on. Because your mind can't handle it. Your mind, I had to quit talking to my mother once for three years because it had got so bad. I can't tell her what's going on and how I'm having to survive. And eventually she got a court order and made me visit her. (laughs) And I was glad Uh of that, but the thing is, is that when people understand, when Mm -hmm. they understand that the DOC only purpose is is to maintain control. Now, if you want the DOC to do something, you get the boss of the DOC to give the order. If you want the boss of the DOC to do something, you've got to get the governor to give him the order to do it. Then it happens, because they follow rank and order. They're not going to go against each other. All right. So I think that there's time for not only mental health, but programs. I mean, for example... Families have to pay for this high-dollar stuff from these packages. And they say it's because of contraband. Well, they're going to search it anyway. So why can't a family right. member go to Dollar Tree and and buy stuff cheap that fits into their budget? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And because and, and the thing is, everyone wants their loved one to have some comfort. But the, sometimes the worst thing ever happened to me in prison is for me to have something. As long as I didn't have anything, I had no problem with nobody. But if I had a little some, little this, a little that, then the vultures wanted to eat too. Right. And it's just, it's, it's, you know, this violence has to stop. I had once tried to read out, reach out to the uh, Indian tribes to see if I could get someone to get together and go in and talk to these guys, hey, we need to stop kidding each other. Because the, the the gang thing is just a scapegoat. Whether it's the Mexicans and the Indians, the Bloods and the Crips and the UABs and Irish mob, those are just names. But these are human beings,
0: mm-hmm. and they're
3: someone's loved one. They're someone's loved one, and you don't, you know, yeah. people don't really get it in there. You know, the-
0: Ricky, what's the percentage that you would say of the total population? That are actually involved in That are part of a gang Actively Uh, Yeah
3: I would say maybe 10% Okay Maybe 10% I I,
0: I just got a message Let's respond to this They're leaving the blood In population to attack White That they didn't lock up Okay They call these white guys cover up for instance, they used to be UABs, Now the staff is perpetuating the situation. All they have to do is put a STG sign on the blood's doors and let everyone else up. They already have all of the UABs locked up from segregating housing. STG, can you help me out with that, please?
3: Uh, that's a uh, security... Something threat gang, threat. I believe. Security threat group. Yes, yeah, security okay. threat group. And see, Thank that's you. determined. That mm-hmm. can be anybody at any time. Anybody at any time, a security threat group, whether you mm-hmm. go to church and you identify as a Christian. If they go against the grain and make a complaint and they get retaliated against, they can put them in that category, too. It's a catch-all.
1: Golly.
3: It, It's just a catch-all.
1: And this is another thing, too. Say you have a celly, and your celly does nothing wrong, but as soon as they put that sticker on that door, then everybody automatically goes double. Oh, absolutely. If it goes
2: one, it goes for both.
3: Right.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know,
3: I can remember once I was at OSP, and I had filed a lawsuit. So they were going to punish me. They were going to put me in the cell with Billy Joe Hill. He was a six-foot-eight serial rapist.
1: <gasps> Jeez.
3: So I'm getting ready to take my stuff in the door, and I thought about it. I said, like, I'm not going <laughs> to do myself like that. And I just socked, socked the guard in the mouth. I, just, I said, well, I'd rather deal with what you're going to try to do to me than having to go and being locked in this with this big old dude. Right. Yep. Wow. And, right. and, and see, that's that the type of mind. thing. Yeah, because, see, most of the guys in there go along to get along, and that's mm-hmm. why it's so bad. I don't want no problem. You, your mom, you know, tells you, hey, stay out of trouble. Or you get, if mm-hmm. oh, you get in trouble, I'm not going to send you any more money. I'm not going to come see you. So you don't know what that person may have to go through just to stay out of trouble where their mother can come see them, or they'll send them some money for commissary. And that's where a lot of the mental illness begins at. Because sub- <clears throat> subsequently, they may hold animosity in their hearts for their mother or their loved one, because they did it for them. They love their loved ones so much that they want, want them to feel good to come see them but the loved ones don't understand what all they have to go through just to be available for that visit. Hmm. And see, that's what people miss. The system is twisted. You know, people would get out and start getting the leaders of these groups together and say, hey, we're going to stop this and have incentives. You know what I mean? Incentives, okay, you do this, you do this, we'll let you have – classes back. We'll let you do this back. We'll let you... And then people will start to feel more like a human being with purpose and not some animal locked up waiting for an opportunity to get out the cage.
0: What's the and average that's what size cell? I... Excuse me? What is the average size cell?
3: 14 by 10, I think. Mm.
0: And that's two people and then... You can't and and if you're not getting outside in the yard, um, I, does that mean they're in the cell pretty much twenty four seven except for yes, when ma'am. they get their shower mm-hmm. every other yes, day ma'am. during the lockup?
3: That's called twenty three hour lock-bath.
1: Yep. Yeah. And then the so bed? two beds. I I say yeah. the same thing. Where, you can't expect to have, we'll say, five thousand people locked up in one prison, and expect them to do good when you're not even encouraging them or giving them any offense. Yeah. They, and they you have, know, and it's, you're, you're going to them, and want to change their lives, and that's well, something and when that you've needs got, to see. Yeah,
2: when you've got prisons that have wardens that. I mean, there is no encouragement from any of the wardens that I have experienced with with my loved one over the years, over the decades. You know, there's never been any kind of encouragement. And it's been, you know, they've, they'll they ask questions like, well, when are we going to get this or so-and-so in the kitchen? And the warden will pop off and say, well, go to Walmart and get it. You're kidding. I mean, you know. No, no, I'm not. You know, and I mean, so it's, I agree with Ricky. I mean, the mentality, the mental health, you know, mental health is so, um, it can be so deteriorating because I've never experienced, you know, I've never experienced prison, but I have experienced it with my loved one and I have seen, I have experienced firsthand what mental health can do to somebody who is locked down. 24/7 twenty four seven in a toilet in a closet and two pieces of steel that you're supposed to lay on and be comfortable you know over an eight and ten month period of time there was a point in time that my that my loved one was locked down for ten months ten months, and they got a shower is it, is every it other day COVID? no 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 no, this was probably uh this was probably ten years ago,
0: okay.
2: um and they were locked down um from, like, November to July, I mean, from Christmas, you know, from the winter time, all the way through the spring, all the way through the middle of summer, through the heat. And they were, it was literally the mental health just deteriorate, deteriorate. And then it's hard for the loved ones to understand, well, you're outside of prison, why aren't you happy, you know, or... Because right. they they've spent half their life in there, with the mentality of you're nothing but a piece of junk,
1: right. you know. Right, and
2: I think we're kind of, speaking, of getting off track. They know,
0: they know, people know better. You know, uh-huh. intellectually speaking, we all know better. They know uh-huh. better that they're, that uh-huh. they're better than that. But, it, but it's but just like the whole Pavlov's dog thing, it's the repetition, yeah. the repetition, the repetition. Yeah. I mean, Ricky, yeah. you were behind bars for decades, right? Yes, ma'am. And so when you came out. You know, or, I mean, what is, it, what is it like? You know, we're grateful that you so candidly come on. And, you know, what's it like when you first come out, or what's it like a year or two later? What is the struggle like given the circumstances, or is was it easier than you thought it would be?
3: Well, that's a very good question. Uh, before I got out, I realized that I was a virtual madman. So the morning before I discharged, I cut off my dreadlocks to change my appearance. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: And then I spent about six months inside the house, barely going anywhere. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: And eventually, eventually, after about five years, I could more socially interact. It wasn't that I was scared of people. It was the people on the outside that scared me because of the way they act and how careless they were with life, how violent they were. Because, see, where I went in prison, if somebody raises their voice, it's time to fight and or kill.
1: Oh, wow.
3: That, that's, that's, that's your sign that it's time to defend yourself. But my, my, my reintegration, and I'm still having issues. I still go to therapists for post-incarceration syndrome and relapse, which means wow. that basically you spent so much time incarcerated, subconsciously you want to get back there because you understand that lifestyle. So you relapse, that means commit another crime.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: So, okay, so like you could be, you could be out about doing your business and you hear somebody yelling from one side of the street to somebody else. And it could be what mm-hmm. it could be just hey Joe I'm over here you know or it could be somebody aggressively yelling so that can put you into a bit of a spiral right right like, well, it's, it's, protein, so... like it's PTSD
3: yeah mm-hmm. it, uh, exactly post incarceration uh, syndrome and relapse is a form of PTSD yes hmm and 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 the thing is I can hear something I can smell something. Or I'd get a letter from somebody, like they were talking about this guy that, that was sick at Joe Hart, and I just felt that all over again, as if I was standing there, mm. Mm. watching this go on. It's like I yeah. relive the various friends of mine or the two that died in my arms in a cell. Oh my no, goodness! With no help, you know, and. Uh. Uh-huh. Hello. Why don't,
0: why don't you share why don't you share those instances with your two friends if you don't mind? If you're if okay. you don't want to do it, that's okay because I don't want to put you in an uncomfortable situation, but it's we you know, it's it's important if you can, if you want to, if you, can, if you want to I do will. it another time, but it's important for listeners to understand the realities, and they're getting this information from you firsthand.
3: I was at a Logan correctional facility about 20 years ago. It was in 2001, and I was in the cell with a man named John McGowan who had seizures real bad, and they took him off his medication. Was it neuropathin or something like that?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And he started having these seizures every day and every day. So they, instead of treating him, they put him in the hole. Then they let him out. So one day he was having he was having these seizures, and I was his caregiver at the time. And I was telling the guard, "Hey man, this guy, he can't. His body can't keep taking these seizures like this. It's gonna kill him." To make a long story short. There was a little scuffle that ensued. Both of us went to the hole. And he passed. Wow. And, you know, that was the second time. The first time was with a friend named John. And his appendix burst on him. They kept saying that he was faking it. He wasn't sick. He wasn't, and his appendix burst, and he died.
1: Jeez. And
3: it's, and, and they... it's almost as if uh, most of the staff would respond differently if they wasn't in fear of retaliation from their supervisors and bosses. That's where the, that's prob- the problem. Yeah, that's where the problem comes in with the rules and the laws. Because see, when I first was incarcerated. Oklahoma was still under uh, federal oversight.
1: Mm -hmm. And
3: as soon as the federal oversight left, about three months into my incarceration, Dick Connor's population went from 397 to 802.
1: Mm. Oh, my word.
3: And so they started running out of food. We'd have macaroni without cheese and cornbread, oatmeal without sugar, and toast for breakfast, and that eventually led to a riot at the And, see, that's the sad part about it. The Department of Corrections, the state of Oklahoma, until something bad happens and somebody dies violently in an insurrection, they don't pay attention. They punish some Mm -hmm. people, but then they come through and they rehab the whole system. You'll see, about 30 years ago is when it used to be community-based corrections. They wanted you at the lowest security possible to prepare you for a release. If you had a life sentence, you could go to work release after being incarcerated seven years. If you had a life sentence, you could go to minimum after 10 years. 10% for your uh, minimum security eligibility. No, 20% for minimum security eligibility. for work release, and they had a lot of people going out and back and forth, but we know how that worked out. People kept getting in trouble, committing crimes. Some people got killed. I feel sorry for their family. Yeah. And then it just went to the lockdown, just lock them down, just lock them down, just lock them down, keep them locked down. And they come in and they bring the contraband in to just keep everybody mellowed out. You know, I've been in prisons where one of the main staff members would come in and throw something on hey, man, distribute that to everybody and tell them lay down. They'll give them this tobacco, oh, really? give them this pot. Yeah, tell them to lay down, don't start no problems, and they'll get some more later.
0: No and it kidding. just kept
3: going like that. And it's, it's like, it's like a. Uh, they're just trying to get through their day, not really realizing what they're doing to other people.
0: So you know, go ahead.
2: I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say, um, and I, and I, I, I'm very empathetic. Um, you know, I I try to be as sympathetic as I can, but like I said, I've never been in the situation, but I have lived directly side-by-side with my loved one for quite some time, you know, since he has been incarcerated. And um, with this lockdown at North Fork, (coughs) you know, they have 24, almost 2,500 gentlemen and they have like five nurses. Five! You know, and my loved one has... um, you know, has has uh a few health issues. And he needs his medication. I mean, and they're not KOP. You know, they're which means keep on your person. You know, they're not KOPs. they are uh, medications that he has to have every single day. And that there was a point to be
0: distributed in a little cup every day or something. Yes. Like that,
2: yes. Okay. So it's like ten days before he gets his medicine. Ten. Ten. And they go, oh, well, we're short-staffed.
1: Ten okay, so because you're
2: short-staffed, you're going to let him die?
0: Right. So ten days before he gets his medicine for one day? Yeah. Yeah, he he,
2: he finally got his medicine. You know, uh, he finally got it. And, you know, boy, you better not say a word to these people because they'll do anything they can to, you know, make sure that you're you're punished in a not in a physical way, but, you know, they'll make sure that they see that they can damage it even further, that it might be another day before they get it. Or, well, if you've put in a slip to go see the doctor, it might just be two or three more weeks before you get to see the doctor. You know, and I mean, I just, I don't understand. I I want to beg and plead to everyone to call 405-425-2500 and talk to the main headquarters at the Department of Corrections. And I tell you what, when those phone lines are flooded, I speak from experience as a person who had to answer phones like that. When you get flooded with 1,000, 1,500 phone calls a day, I mean, somebody is going to have to do something about it. But we can't let these gentlemen sit here and go suffering like this. I don't understand why 2,399 other people aren't calling. You know I mean I don't care what anyone says Calls make a difference Calls make a difference
0: and, and Radio so stations you know, make a difference is, yeah, And record the calls You know I think it's legal In Oklahoma You can just Yeah you know, um, re- Record them uh, And also You know send an email send an mm-hmm. email because that's there you go. It's on the it's on the record and you send email to it. So yep. you want to call yep. there's every way that you can. You just want you know, to keep everyone watching. has an email. You go to the
2: DOC website and everyone has an email and everyone has a supervisor. And if you can't talk to that person then you call and talk to their supervisor. And if their supervisor isn't then- available then you call and talk to somebody else because I tell you what, when I was working in the field, I didn't want anybody calling my supervisor. I wanted to handle it right there because I didn't
0: want to get in trouble. And, and, and in line with what Ricky said, um, is that you know there are people that want to do the right thing, but they'll get in trouble if they do. And now we've got also the medical staff are over are overworked. Those are yeah. all there. I, I hear that they're working 17, 18 hours a day. Absolutely. So how, yeah, uh, how effective can somebody be in, you know, in, in a prison when I'm I, how many people can somebody get to see in a, in a day? Well, and you I know, mean, and I – have jobs anyway.
2: Yeah, and I'll say this much. I mean, like, pre-COVID-19, pre-pandemic, you know – everyone was showing up for work I mean McDonald's right over here across the street from my house McDonald's is hiring at $21 an hour because no one wants to work so do you really think if no one wants to work at McDonald's do they really want to work at a prison where you get you know spit on and called names and hated and you know everything else but the four or five people that are worked there, yeah, they get overworked 17, 18 hours a day. And then if they got to drive home for an hour and a half and they got to be back in four hours, what kind of mentality will they have to come back to work and really do an effective job for these people?
0: Now, do why- why do you think that North Polk Correctional Facility and Lawton, they are, as far as I know, the most violent prison in Oklahoma? North Polk and, 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 and Lawton. All... What do you think that is in common? Emily, what do you think of, about why they are the most violent prison in
1: Oklahoma? They just need to be to that list too, because they send, that's where they've been sending mostly... All gang members now are pretty much being sent to the same three persons. Yep. Okay. We have some, back, some background noise going on. Is there any way oh, that we big can time.
0: try to, Yeah. That we can cut back on some of that background
1: noise. That would be great. I just want to say that um, I'm going to put a call to action together. So everybody can get heard on Tuesday, yeah, i posting in all the Oklahoma groups. We gotta we gotta do something. Everybody needs to call at the same time on the same day. So I'm gonna to throw together a call that soon. That sounds great, Emily. Yeah,
0: so we gotta make sure to follow Ignite Justice. And, you know, she'll share that you know, and on, on the different sites and including Journeys to Justice. Mm-hmm. And um and all the other Oklahoma sites. Uh, That would be a good idea
3: You know what what I would like to see Is someone get The legislature and the senate involved And have hearings And investigations As is Mm -hmm. what's going on in the department of corrections That way Once you see what the problem is They can change and make the laws To be more humane For the incarcerated You know Because it's like You're going up against a brick wall because they're protected by the government.
0: I agree with you, Ricky.
3: I mean, if someone would just, you know, get get, whether it's Senator Matthews, Congress Lady Goodwin, and they seem to be sympathetic to some of the inmates' needs and rights to get them to push forth some investigative hearings and have people come up and testify to what's going on. That would cut a lot of this out, because one thing DOC cannot stand is exposure. Well, Ricky, what do you think
2: about? What do you think about? I mean, should we go about maybe getting? um, I mean, a news reporter, you know, getting TV. getting tv involvement i mean and i agree with you completely they don't they want won't to be do exposed. it unless
0: it's a big story that's already happening that, that's not okay the thing, is okay yeah sometimes you have to really um yeah it's just like what happened okay. over in wetumpka oklahoma and, you know i ha- right. had them on for quite some time and then by the time it was all said and done you know we were exposing it here and, then, mm. and also on um, uh, a, a newspaper, a local newspaper out there, too, and they're called Non-Docs. They did a great job. Great job, Non-Docs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, you you called the big news stations, and nobody wanted anything to do with it because it was way over there in in Wetumpka. And, there's yeah. nothing to, yeah. you know, there's nothing. It's like you got to do all the work for them, and then they'll come out. Then they want to know. Right. Then they'll come yeah. out. So yeah. there is. It's very hard to find somebody who's actually going to break the case, but it's, it's certainly worth trying, and I know that I can try to get back on Oh, some of the people that I was moving in a halfway decent direction with as well. But, again, we need testimony. We need people who are mm-hmm. willing to send in more affidavits, um, mm-hmm. you know, sworn statements that can go in front of these people. You know, because we can't just take hearsay.
3: Right. You know, because the the thing is, is that I learned to use the media for my protection against retaliation. A letter to the editor of the newspaper. And every time that they'd get to doing me real bad, I'd have to sneak a letter out, somebody else's name and number. And as soon as the letter got printed, oh, we're sorry. Here, let's move you out the hole Do you want to transfer to another facility Where would you oh, like boy. to go And, and wow. shift me around And eventually I got to believe that guy alone Just leave him alone Leave
1: him alone <laughs>
3: You know Lee, I, I,
1: I agree I, with you cause I say it all the time I'm, Luckily nothing has ever happened To my loved ones And it's because I think the prison sees I don't back down. I'm not going to go away. Right. I speak on them, you know. And, and yet there are better. people that are
0: afraid of retaliation.
3: Well, that I mean, right. if you stand up for yourself, that's going to come. That's part of right. Right. standing up. You
0: can't just call I mean, When you're going ahead. through hell, you keep going. Not Winston right. Churchill. When you're going yeah. through hell, you keep going. You've got to get to the other side. You don't stay stuck in it.
3: You know, you asked the question, why is Norfolk locked down? Ooh. It's possible that the warden gets his jollies just on being a tyrant.
1: I believe nope. that. just being
3: mean. Just being mean. I believe Let's that. let what we can do to him today. Mm-hmm. You know, let's see who can we can who can we make sick today?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Who can we inspire to the, might want to think they want to commit suicide, and then mm-hmm. when it happens, they have to lie and make sure. Well, I don't know what was wrong with it. Well,
0: I, I tell you what. Last year we did we did okay with getting some action on the COVID conditions, um, with you know these little pickets and protests outside of the prisons, and um, and maybe it would not hurt also to, you know, have, a, literally have a, pro, a protest. I mean, like picketing.
2: Yeah. you know, is that what you mean, like pick picketing at the places? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great
0: idea. Yeah, I do too. I do too, and... Because I'm sorry, and, you and said the, the rallies different are always good, Emily. Don't don't get me wrong. The rallies are always good phenomenal what you're what you're doing. But the, but the, when you have a ticket, you've got that purpose of an, an urgent need right now. You, you know, where the rally is, is you know, I mean, Emily, you, you know more better than me, obviously you guys put it on. Um, but I, I think the rallies need to continue, need to continue, definitely. But that ticketing that went from place to place, mm-hmm. that got a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And, and it also got some, some movement. And we were hammering it uh, here, too, on, on this show. And so you have people from different places that are all coming after the same thing, you know, that needs to be changed. You put the pressure on that's a good thing look you know uh, we had some good successes last year so uh, and there's no magic wand nothing is perfect but we need to keep moving in that direction otherwise we're going to lose any ground that we've made and so we can't do that it's kind of like okay we've got an inspection coming so let's clean things up and then you know you don't keep it clean and then a year later another inspection is, is happening like, they do that
3: in the prisons too, right? Yes. You know, one of the things that keeps the situation going in the prisons about, what was that, 20 years ago, they had the Patriot Act. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. if you read the Patriot Act real close, it deals with those incarcerated as potential uh, people going against the government. Right. So yeah, terrorists, cutting out mm-hmm. privileges, rights, and everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that people realize what happened 20 years ago is why things are as bad today because there used to be rules. You know what I mean? It used to be rules. If your family member called DOC, they had to give, your, give them your, their name and be polite and considerate. And now they, want, they might not even answer the phone.
2: And be hostile
3: and our right.
2: Yeah, there's been times, you know, that I've called and I mean, it'll just ring and ring and ring and ring and ring and ring and ring and, ring and, ring and I call from another phone. Well well guess what the answer <laughs>
0: uh-huh. yeah, I'ma tell you. I've been so, I've been fighting with
1: Lexington right now. And it's to where the deputy the deputy warden has told everybody when I call, they are not to discuss yep. anything with me to yep. refer the call. Yep. To him. Yep. Hey, what are I've, I've had a. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. So they just these they wardens say? around. Oh. That they have been advised that they are not allowed to discuss this particular inmate with me. That I am, they are to refer me to the deputy warden, but he doesn't even get back to me. So yeah, I can even call up there and see anybody, right? And you know, the thing is
2: with um, North Fork is this warden here. He's been the warden at Lawton. He's been the warden at Lexington, and now he's been the warden here. Why is he going to so many different places? It's apparent. you mess
3: up, they move you around.
2: Right, and when I called DOC in the city, I mean, you know, all those phone calls are recorded. And bless her heart, the lady that I talked to. It was all she could do not to tell me bad things about the warden, you know, just oh, because
0: uh-huh.
2: of they know his history, you know, and you almost just wish he'd carry off a copier so they'd fire him, you know? Right. But, I mean, you know, and the thing is, is our, you know, I know that my loved one, he does not care about being retaliated against. He's already in prison. They need help. They can't do anything from the inside. We have to be the ones to help them. You know, we, we have need to be their voices. Who
0: has family in Oklahoma prisons to call in and, and, yes. and lodge these yes. complaints. <laughs> lodge these complaints. Yes. Call in, email in, email, yes. email by saying in follow up to the message that we I left or our conversation. Blah, blah, Absolutely.
2: Blah, 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 blah. Absolutely. You know,
0: And 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 document document these complaints. I what I can say is for for Oklahomans. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, if you, if you do that, if you send in a letter or something, send me a copy of it and I will, yep. you know, I'll continue adding to the pile. Um, I've got my, the email is Oklahoma at gmail.com, Oklahoma at gmail.com. We can't have just a few. We need to have a lot. We need to have yes, we a lot do to make a difference: well, uh, Tanya, I'm so going to have to go.
2: my I've got to take care of my father tonight. He's having some uh, he's having a couple of issues, so I need to take care of him. but I am so glad that I was able to sit in and talk with y'all, and it was so good to hear everyone. and um, I, I'm, I'm on game on board to do whatever we can to help. I'll call and talk to whoever I need to talk to right you so If I need to talk to you, just let me know, okay? Thank you. That
0: sounds that sounds great. Thank you so much for calling okay. in. We really appreciate it, and our our prayers are there, there with you and your loved one and all, of course. Thank you. God bless you All, all right. right. Good night. Good night. All, all right, soon.
3: bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Ms. Hathaway, do yes. you know that our friend, Mr. Wiggins, has not yet been allowed to go to lower security? Yes.
0: I'm 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 aware of that, and we are working. Uh, apparently, there's something in the works for for this week, and if if not, then we're going to have to start making some noise. But we want we want to keep it. Yeah, I I am aware I'm aware of that because people have been dragging their feet. The governor has actually signed his assigned for it for his parole. Um, but there are people at uh, the Department of Corrections that it's pending. Now, it's not that they have a say over the governor, but they're the ones that are dragging their feet. There's one person, it's my understanding. So we're going to wait a few days and see how that
1: goes.
3: You know, it's funny how some employees will take it personal that someone is going to get out of prison. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh. Yeah, it's mind-boggling.
0: Yeah, because this was back in May, I believe it was. It was in May that he was yeah. given the an, a, unanimous. Months.
3: Yeah. It's been months. It's and been months. And, you know, I'm worried about him because his health is kind of bad and he's getting older and he's stressed out being in that box all the time. No exercise. No fresh air. And, you know, it's like he really needs, if if it's going to be over for him, he needs to go on and go where he can feel like he's going to be free and start adjusting his mind to being free.
0: Exactly. Let's start this step-down process. Yes. Yeah, why is he in a high high-security prison when he doesn't belong there anymore? And it has been determined that he does not belong there anymore. So these are the games people play. I'm sorry. Put your John Hancock on it. The governor did get to it.
3: Just sign the paperwork and let him go.
0: Yep. So we're I've going to seen see what that
3: happens this week.
0: You yeah, have seen, seen that? that
3: a few, yeah, I've seen them just drag their feet, drag their feet, drag their feet. And often if they go to minimum security, Then the people at the minimum security want to poke at them and pick at them to try to get a negative reaction from them to say, "Oh, we told you he wasn't ready," you know that kind of stuff. Then I've seen people just sit there with a step down stipulation and never go nowhere, and then one day they just tell them, "Oh, you're going home." Wow. Because see, that takes a a
0: little little bit of a journey ahead.
3: Yes. But it started. The
0: but journey
3: started.
0: It, it started, and so, and so and we need to keep uh, them in
3: our prayers.
0: Need to keep them in our prayers. Keep it moving forward. Yes. And and uh, let's just um, because we don't want to we don't want to poke a bear. And I and by that I say doc. There's a delicate balance in that case. We don't want to poke a bear. We we don't want them to use – we don't know exactly how much discretion and time frame they're allowed to hold on to this paperwork before they move them forward. But if, if it's not being moved – if it's not moved forward and the governor has signed off on it and this doesn't happen relatively soon, like as in this week, then we're going to have to reach out to the governor, I think, again, you know, to our DOC and then go for the governor, you know, uh, because it's his final decision, not the people at the, it's not the one person at DOC that's holding it up. And I won't name names right now because we don't want to go that to that place right now. We want those that have been... Give an opportunity for second chances in life to be able to get out, move on, and let's hope that we don't have to, you know.
3: Right. hmm It's like act being in a though, war act zone. Act as though
0: he's got to go back to trial when he does decisions have been made.
3: It's like living wow. in a war zone. They say it's the second most hostile environment to live in outside of warfare
0: is inside a prison
3: inside a prison because you got all different kind of people and so you got some of these people that come from places may go to jail and then different groups of people fall out with them so they attach themselves to another group for basically protection so if somebody jumps in somebody will help and then once they do that then the people and they, hey, well, we need you to do this, and we need you to do that, and that leads. That's why, like a lot of these people that stab people, they don't stab them because they want to. They stab them to keep from getting stabbed themselves. Because soon as they say no, then they're going to turn on them.
1: Wow.
3: And I've seen that more than a few times. I've seen okay. that one. That that's ugly. So it's the usually only little... the Yeah, it's another planet.
0: A whole what different you going planet. To say usually, what?
3: Usually, it's drawn along some type of racial lines. You know, mm-hmm. you got a, a well-to-do uh, upper-class white guy goes to jail. There's a majority of black inmates in the jail area. So he's in there, and he might get jumped on, have to fight. So as soon as he finds someone that will help help him fight the people trying to take advantage of him, then it turns, well, he's this or he's that. He's in a gang. And most of these people that are in a gang, they don't act violently for the sake of acting violently. If they don't act violent, then the violence turned on them.
1: Wow.
3: It's, yeah. You know, it's almost like they're held hostage. You got, you got, if you don't stab him, we're going to stab you.
0: How hard is it to identify the shot callers?
3: Uh, that kind of depends with the lockdown, but usually everybody knows who the shot caller is. Usually, that's not
0: the corrections officer, including the warden.
3: Yes, including especially them, because if they want to want somebody in the group to do something, they go to the top call. I remember I was at Great Plains twenty three four years ago, and the group that I was associated with. We officiated the basketball game, ran the clock, kept the stats, and refereed. And this guy from uh, a gang decided he was gonna bust him in the head with a chair, and the guards ran out the gym and locked everybody in. Him. So we had to get out there, and to keep the other groups from ju- other gangs from jumping on that gang, and our group getting involved, we just had to just stop everything. We had to hey y'all wait a minute hold on, if we do this, nobody wins. If we, if this goes, then nobody wins. So eventually, intelligence won out, and the guy that got busted in the head with seven uh, staples, he had seven staples in his head, and he sent a note from the hole talking about let it go, forgive everybody. And things went back to normal. But it was set wow. up for violence. It was set up for violence.
0: Has they locked everybody in?
3: Yeah, he locked everybody in the jail.
0: What is it? Entertainment? Huh? What is it? Entertainment?
3: No, they were scared. That's what that was. There was probably maybe okay. one hundred and fifty people in the gym, and three prison guards. Okay. So, so they just locked everybody in the gym.
0: So they got on the other side of the doors. Yeah. Okay. Now I understand. Okay. Because I've heard, I've, I've also heard stories where there are, you know, guards that have set up people to fight for entertainment and actually betting going on. But yes. I, again, that's another story. So how would you compare um, the situation in the in the prisons, you know, and today's current situation with, you know, the lack of of medical care, the lack of of uh, taking the inmates seriously when they have a medical complaint. Now, it goes without saying that some are going to fake it, some are just looking for attention or looking for special treatment, but you can't just automatically say, well, somebody's faking it.
3: That's true. For me, I would have to say it's relatively the same. I would have to say it's relatively the same. Because it was a motto: Don't get sick. Don't get sick. Just don't get sick. Because then you're dependent on someone to to deal with you, and if it's serious, get you to the hospital in time. And usually right. they're not in a hurry to get you to a. Let's just a heart attack or a stroke, something like mm-hmm. that, or somebody's been stabbed and it goes kinda of quickly, but as far as somebody just like having a diabetic coma or something like that. Sir, I had SARS in two thousand twelve and I I was like six, six five days and they finally oh, local hospital and they gave me some antibiotics some things of that nature. Right. But other, I'd have just had to tough it out, because I never expected them to give me the treatment that I was entitled to. Because once you expect right. something, you get disappointed. Once you are disappointed, the next step is anger or depression. That. And it was, so we just thing. tell each other, "Don't get sick."
0: And how do you not? Yeah. How do you not get sick? When you're in I those guess condition
3: mind over matter, I guess. I'm still like that now. I mean, I've had some health issues, and the last place I'll go is to a, to a doctor. And I've got three different insurance. and that's the last place I want to go.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I just mm-hmm. usually just tough it out. But I would hope that you know, for me, it's like if you can get the lawmakers to understand what is really going on with proof and affidavits and testimony, the whole thing will change. Because the DOC used to be community orientated. Now it's not. Now it's just lock them up and throw away the key.
0: So, so. I, I think that we all need to agree with uh, what R- Ricky Oscar Williams, who, I mean, he's coming firsthand from the situation. He's seen how things happen. I think that, you know, we need to get some affidavits out there or even some emails and copies of them. You can send them to me, send them to Emily, um, and we'll collaborate. And, and as, as Ricky said, you know, we need to get groups together to work together to, to present because we need, we're stronger when we are unified, when we all have, you know, a, a mission in mind. And, and what is that mission for? You know, let, let's make sure that the men and women that are behind bars are given the proper medical care and hygiene uh, that they need. Emily Yes Yes ma'am Yeah Um, What are some of the stories that
1: you've heard About the medical care <laughs> I mean pretty much everything You've been talking about And Hold on one second Talk okay. for a minute time. Okay sure thing
0: well, I mean, I've definitely heard of stories when people have needed mental health medication, and I know somebody whose son is in there who has not they have not properly treated him, and he has some severe mental health problems, and he should not be in the same population that he is. He actually belongs in a, a, a different kind of facility. But anything, once again, to keep him in, prison. There's more money to be made. Even if it is not a private prison, these prisons are still, they get paid by numbers. And that's just, you know, and we have to know that a lot of money is being supplemented through contraband. You cannot deny that. You can't deny that people don't pay for contraband coming in. You can't deny that there's smuggling going on. You can't deny that there aren't drugs. You can't deny that people are getting things that they're not supposed to have. And when there's no physical contact between the visitors that come in, the only other way someone's getting it is through the employee. <laughs> That's one plus one equals two. i agree. Okay, I'm back. i
3: that's the only way it gets in,
0: really. Yeah. You know what, Emily, I think that what we're going to have to do is have kind of like a, a, tele, a telephone, a telephone uh, something where we've just got, like, where we're just talking about this and trying to get people, you know, to get, get engaged with it, you know, just and get things out to you, get things out to me so we have that we can – Consolidate our copies of everything, and and we just
1: go in there like civil games. Yeah, I, mean, I I wish people would would do affidavit and send them to me. I have no problem going and sitting at the at the Capitol all day, waiting to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. looking out the other theaters. I have people behind me who have contacts with legislators that are willing to help. So mm-hmm. people just need to get them. Stop being scared, please. Like
0: you know, I've got about twenty of them. I would say twenty, maybe thirty. Um, but but again, I I don't think we can go anywhere without a hundred. You know, I, I I think that we need to have more people put put their put their feelings and their concerns and what they know to be facts. You know, in in writing, put it in A. Put it in ink.
1: Right. Why? I, I totally agree. We need to, we need at least hundred to turn heads. Well, right. Anything less, I don't think. Is, yeah. I don't think is going to do no damage. But we need them. I mean, please get them to me. Send them to me. Hit me up. Ask for my email. More I have the more I can do with, you know. Everybody wants needs help and wants But people need but to do People have to, to help. do their part. <laughs> right. Uh,
0: people have to do
1: their part. I, mean, I, yep. I can't I can't do that. Ricky, you want to say something?
3: Oh, I was uh I was just gonna say about concerning mental health. That's yes. a real serious issue. Because prison will show you who you really are, good and true. bad. I was totally insane at one point on H Block, underground. And then I realized mm-hmm. one day, if I keep living like this, they're going to kill me.
1: Mm-hmm. And I just
3: got up one day with a whole different attitude and mentality. Next thing I know, I was sent from the walls to Connors, Connors to Texas, Texas-deprived prison and eventually out you know because a lot of, lot of loved ones need to tell their loved ones who they really are because see that's somebody's family member that stabbing somebody that's somebody's family member that's brutalizing another family member and they might have to act, act like that because that's where they are Because one, like he was talking about cover-ups, those are people who used to say they were racist that don't do that anymore. So so they're a double target. A target for who they used to be and a target from the people they used to be. You see what I mean? They're they're a target. You know, I Mm -hmm.
1: I, I tell people all the time, Ricky, that you know, everybody wants to blame the prison. Yes, the prison is 80% to blame for stuff. But it's up to each individual how they want to do their time. Yeah. And then it's up to family members to push and, and make sure your loved one is doing time wisely and being productive. And we all play a part in this. If you sit back and don't do nothing. You can't complain when the stuff don't go the way you want it to.
0: Well, I've got one minute left, so I'm going to have to – this went by very, very fast. I didn't expect it to go by this fast. But I want to thank our anonymous caller for calling in. I would like to thank those who have messaged me during the show. Uh, and I tried to get that information out there. I want to thank you very much, Emily Barnes, for being on. We'll have to talk some more behind the scenes. And yeah, the William, you too. But, um, we need to collaborate better. But more than anything, listeners, we really need you to be willing to speak up, put your feelings in writing, put your concerns in writing, put your facts in writing, you can email me at InjusticeInOklahoma at gmail.com. Follow Ignite Justice as, as well, please, because she'll, she'll put the word out, too. Let's do this together. I hope you'll tune in again next Sunday as well as this coming Tuesday. Please keep an eye for the promos. I want to thank everybody so much for tuning in. I am Tanya Hathaway with Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story is told. Good night and God bless.
3: Good night.